welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 46. I am your host tonight. My name is Shorty and I have a few beans on the line with me. Tonight we have Chewy. How are you going, Chew? I'm very well. How are you? Pretty good. We also have Stu. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. That's the way. And uh, finally made it, but you're here. Cracker. How's it going? Very well. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Good to hear. Few uh, few internet troubles on your end, but uh, yeah, be right. Hope- hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> Remember when that used to be you, Shorty? Oh yeah, that was me every week. Now I get to laugh at everybody else. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> yep. All right. So as we always say, every single week we have a jam packed episode, and this week is so jam packed that yesterday I did the show notes, and then. This morning, I remembered that half the topics that we were meant to talk about weren't on the show notes, so <laughs> we went from having a very busy show to a extremely busy show. So there's a lot going on in the world of magic at the moment, and a lot of events and things have been happening and are coming up, as well as set releases and all that sort of exciting stuff. So yeah, we're gonna gonna get into it and try and get through it as quickly as we can tonight. So before we do that, we better shout out our sponsor. So Stu. Who are the lovely sponsors of our show? Yeah, so great big shout out and thank you to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar for sponsoring the show and giving prize support for our leagues. Uh, You can find Josh and Pat's on Facebook. Just search them up, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Cards for everybody, auctions every day. Get into it. That sounded like a proper spiel. We we didn't even write that one down. Well done. I did not. (laughs) You're getting good at this game. Yeah, yeah, a little little bit of practice under his belt, and all of a sudden he's a professional podcaster. Oh yeah, <laughs> with with special auctions on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the old monster truck ads, right? I like yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome, nice. So it's been uh, been a couple of weeks since we ran our league finals, but. Uh, Hopefully you've had a chance to either you know tune in on the day or go back and watch the video, but we haven't recorded since then. So, Chewie, do you want to give us a quick rundown on uh, what happened and who took it down? Uh, yeah, so we uh, had the top three finishes of each of our uh, groups um, played off into a top twelve. Uh, there was a with the first place winner, first place person from each group uh, going straight through into the second round of the finals. Um, the second and third battled, so we ended up with the top eight. And, uh, yeah, we had a, a really sort of diverse and interesting um, metagame, you know, everything from mono green to, you know, there was Grixis uh, mutate decks. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, a really interesting meta, only a couple of Saltai decks, which was refreshing. But, yeah, after... The, uh, after a few hours, about four and a half hours or so of, uh, of us talking and people playing some, what has to be said was some pretty, uh, amazing skill level on display, right? Like there was some, yeah, yeah, really good games. Really good, really good magic played. And, um, you know, us poor chumps that were, uh, commentating didn't see half the lines, uh, that were (laughs) available until, you know, they'd happened and we had perfect information. So, uh, well, that's why, you know, they were in that position and we were not. But <laughs> we are garbage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had a uh, Abzan Doom Foretold list uh, facing off against a Team of Flash list in the final and uh, Namburger took it down with the Abzan Doom Foretold and um, that deck was spicy. Uh, there were the semi-final against, I believe, Benny R where there was 
looping um, Urion and uh, Charming Prince every turn, and like Benny R just like refused to die. But yeah, it was uh, painful, but in in a pretty sweet kind of way. <laughs> like it was death of a, th- a thousand cuts sort of thing. So yeah, it was pretty cool, and it was a lot of fun to commentate. And uh, you know, there was a bit of a watch party set up on the Discord, and. Uh, everyone was pretty active in chat. Where, where I'm pretty sure they were just roasting us the entire time. <laughs> they, they, they probably were. They probably were. But um, for for us, for, for the Beans, it was actually pretty exciting. It was the biggest um, stream that we've had as far as, you know, number of people watching. So shout out to everybody who tuned in. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we'll, you know, continue to do that. You know, we, we were on the... Uh, I think the second row you know, on Twitch. Yeah, we were, we were yeah. top eight on Twitch for yeah. a while. That yeah. was pretty cool. That was that was fantastic. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed that. Uh, really enjoyed some yeah excellent magic that was being played with some uh, really cool decks. Uh, everybody, I think, had a great time, and you know the uh, the prize support was uh, was amazing. Thanks to our mates at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, and yeah, I. Loved it. And uh, the next league uh, kicks off in just a couple of weeks, uh, which is uh, great just after rotation, which we'll get into uh, later on in this cast, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, brand new brand new format, brand new league, um, great prize support. We'll, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. There'll be more um, more info on that. But, yeah, what was, what was your highlight of, highlight of the league for you guys? Uh, group D, baby, right? All the way. First and second. And then whatever I came. But amazing, right? Hmm? Yeah. Group D, amazing. I didn't expect yeah, anything uh, from Group the, D because wow, you guys were thanks. in there. But, yeah, yeah. you know, to their credit, Namberger and Lunacy did well. They did very well. Uh, f- as far as decks, that Grixis Mutate thing was just amazing. I, cool. played ag- I played against it and lost horrendously. During the week, and I was like, "Oh, tell me you're running that back and send me the list immediately." And they were, and man, that was just it was so much fun to watch and commentate, and just there were so many lines, and it, it just kind of got to do its thing a couple of times, and it was unreal. It was just great to watch. Yeah, very cool. It's interesting, like during the like the group stage, everybody's playing different decks almost every week like it's it's very rare that people stick to the same deck although i did and i think think you might have as well cracker because you only own one deck but uh you kind of you don't get to see there's not as much interaction you don't really get to see a meta game that sort of stuff and then getting to the finals it was just so cool to see okay these are the decks we're gonna have we're gonna see and there's some really cool interesting lists there it wasn't just all boring salt eye and yeah, getting to see those decks play a few matches in a row was was pretty cool, and that's something where maybe we can look at, I don't know, sort of highlighting a bit more during the group stage of trying to work out what people are playing, and and maybe get a few more matches played on stream and things like that to uh, yeah pump up the group stage a little bit more. Yeah, good idea. I'm I'm down for that. Yep, we'll figure it out. So yeah, as, as Chewy said, the next league's kicking off. Uh, we'll be doing a live draw stream again on the 20th of September. Although I haven't actually confirmed that with you guys, but we're locking it in right now. I'm available. Yes. So uh, yeah, make sure you go and register for that. Where else are we going to be? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> We've got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. So yeah, the, the link for all that will be in their show notes as always. And uh, yeah, come and join us in our Discord so you can get in all the, all the banter that, that happens in there and all the group rivalries and things like that. So you've got uh, about a week and a half to, to get in there. And yeah, there'll be cash and boosters and all that sort of stuff up for grabs again. 
So speaking of extremely high-level tournaments, just like our league, there is a Mythic Invitational on this weekend, actually, and, and I think this snuck up on almost everybody. <laughs> I think, like, Chewie, you, you didn't even know it was on at all. No, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't until I read the show notes. <laughs> I went, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> is, is that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, organised play has been a little bit all over the place since, obviously, you know, the last the corona 15 stuff years or and, so. Well, yeah, there's, there's that, but this year especially, like, it's just been, yeah, it's, it's been hard to know what's going on and when things are happening, and there's so many different things happening all over the place that it is, it is very hard to keep track of, but this Mythic Invitational, this is, I think this is a, actually a rebranded, a, yeah, this a, a is rebranding of some other event. Kind of. They... <laughs> They ended up just cancelling a bunch of stuff because of the way it couldn't continue. They couldn't keep rolling invites forward and things like that. So it's sort of PT and sort of a Mythic Championship and, and other things. So, yeah, they just kind of, my understanding is they axed a bunch and then kind of just shrunk it into this and we have a Mythic Invitation. Lumped them all together. Yeah, so it's not quite like the other ones where it was it's like a small, tiny, field. tiny group of like 24 or 36 players or whatever they had. And yep. then they were super high value. This is closer to a traditional PT from a little while ago where people actually, uh, for the most part, have qualified through different means. Don't ask me what those were. As for all I know, it's wizards <laughs> with the, the, the bucket like I was doing drawing names for the league. But <laughs> there, there hey, are well, people, I, I, I think it's all playing your qualification. I'm sure, from, of course, it you is. Know, like players to a top eights and Absolutely. all that sort it's of stuff the, from, yeah. from the past year. Yeah, it's all the rivals and all of the players, other people as well. Right? 161 players, so not as big as a traditional players tour or, or pro tour from the past. Yeah, or like the the old school ones. 400-ish. Yeah, yeah. 400 to 500, so. Yeah, so in between. Definitely smaller. But still a quarter of a million dollar prize pool, right? Yeah, not bad. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with that. I mean, it's, it is spread pretty flatly. I think first place you only get... 10 grand which is fine i'd be i'd be happy with 10 grand but uh, compared to previous events and and things like the the first mythic invitational that was the one that Mengucci won mm-hmm. that was 250 grand i think that he won for yeah that first was a million dollar um prize yeah. pool total so yeah, so the so now his his prize is now split across everybody but you come last place you still get a thousand bucks so you can't really complain about that it's yeah, it's a pretty pretty flat prize curve and yeah, you should be uh, should be pretty happy to be playing in it. So yeah, yeah, we've got we've got all the MPL players. If if you know who any of those people are, plus all the rivals again. If you know who any of those people are, and then yeah, all the other people that are sort of qualified through various means throughout the year. So it's it's going to be a a really stacked field of really really good players, which is uh, which makes for very good play and and very good coverage and very good games and things like that. So. If you do get a chance, it's probably worthwhile tuning in. Unfortunately for us, the time zones are a bit weird. It's Coverage is going to start. It, it, it's actually held over four days, this event. So it starts for us at 2 a.m. on Friday morning. So that's tonight. We're recording this on Thursday night. So that's in five hours, something like that. And, yeah, it's obviously going to run through through the night for us. So I don't know if there'll be, you know, like a replay during the day or not. But, yeah, it's going to be the same time. All weekend, so there's two two days of Swiss rounds, and then the top eight, which is a double elimination bracket, is played over two days as well. So they're kind of stringing it out for for some reason, I guess maybe just to spend a bit more time on the matches and 
not have to sort of zoom around really quickly between games and things like that. So it, it could be interesting, but it's obviously all going to be run online through Discord and things like that again. So I wouldn't be expecting the coverage and the production value that we saw at the previous Mythic Championships and Mythic Invitationals. So I thought you were going to say the coverage yeah. and production value at the Magic Beans Leagues finals. Well, but, I mean, yeah. I don't think Wizards has quite got to that that level yet. They might get there one day. Oh, maybe, maybe. Like we we could keep getting better, and we're just the gaps getting wider and wider. So, <laughs> um, so what format are they playing? They're playing historic. So, Stu, have you got the uh, the metagame open there? I do. Yeah, I do, do you want to and... give us a bit of a rundown on what what the top deck is? I mean, for me, like going into this without looking at anything of the metagame, you know, I could have I could have told you what the top deck was going to be. Yeah. So the top deck is. Let's just call it Muxus, <laughs> whether it's mono red or the uh, Rakdos variant, which literally splashes black for Thoughtseize. Yeah, basically a third of the field is Muxus. Yeah, yeah, thirty-three point eight percent. So thirty-four well, percent, third of the field. And then coming in second, we'll have Saltai Midrange, and then Jun Sacrifice, and then a raft of others. But that's sort of your your three main decks. Yeah, I, th- I think. Everybody probably would have picked Goblins to be the top deck. It's been talked about for quite a while. I've been complaining about Muxus for <laughs> forever. Since it got printed. Well, yeah. the, the ability to have a one-card combo is... Yes. It's just... It's so powerful. Yeah. It, it is. It is. And and we, like, we've had the conversation before. It's 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 not the... You know, it, it's beatable. There are ways around it. But it's a one-card combo. Even if it's a one-card combo and it goes off 50% of the time, then that's still a really good thing. And But I think yeah. what the, the Goblins deck uh, does well is it is a perfectly good mono-red or red-splashing Thoughtseize aggressive deck on its yeah, own just, and then just, just has that is, yeah. button, right? So it's, it's not a um, – it's not purely reliant. You can't just sit there with a you know an Aethergust up or something and – um, you know, wait for the Muxus because if you just do that, they put it on top and draw it next turn and kill you. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, but you're you're being beat down by you know a, a whole bunch of tokens with some lords out. You know, like tried and true goblin strategy that's been around yeah. forever. And there's some powerful no, exactly goblins right. in historic. So, um, so what are the decks that beat goblins in? Because in this sort of situation, you know, in uh, high level tournaments. Historically, pardon the pun. I did try that. That pause was trying to figure <laughs> out a, uh, a a different word to use, so I didn't make the pun, but I went with it. <laughs> you know, the pros will go into their you know the little testing bubbles, um, you know, online testing bubbles, no doubt nowadays, and uh, they'll start jamming a whole bunch of games to you know figure out which deck comes out at the end of it, and either they will just play what is the consensus best deck and yeah. 33% of them have landed on that or they'll play something that they, at, at least they believe, has a good matchup against that. Like if there's a target, you know, they if you know what the target is, uh, you know, Goblin's got a, you know, big crosshair on it, then, you know, you can go after it. There's a lot of tools at your disposal. Like Historic is not a small card pool. Like there's a lot no, of cards. It's massive now. Yeah, exactly. So, um you know, is the the sacrifice deck uh, the answer? Is the the Sultai deck the answer with you know a number of sweepers and card advantage and um, that incremental you know mid range control strategy? 
yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I I really hope we don't see, you know, six goblin decks in the top eight. That would that yeah. would be disappointing. Sure, he yeah. does. <laughs> for for your and Shorty's to- sake. Um, oh, I was going to say, no, Teferi's banned, isn't he? I was going to say, if we go yes, for a 4 4 split, but then. Which that, is a that real shame. Yeah. Uh, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> In a format of goblins, Teferi's probably not that good anyway, but yeah. No. It's, uh... Yeah. The, like, I listened to LSV's podcast today. He's got the Constructed Resources podcast, which, if you, if you don't listen to Constructed Resources and you play constructed you definitely should get onto that not quite as good as you know the magic beans podcast the you know the caliber of our pro level players on on this podcast are not quite you know lsv and yeah. andrew beckstrom they're not they're not quite up to the Come same on, level Lewis. as us but catch up mate catch up yeah but he like he basically he was saying the same thing like they they've tested and, and determined that goblins is the best deck and a, a lot of them have gone with the jun sacrifice deck because they think it has a pretty good goblins matchup, but it's still not like he wasn't willing to say it's you know I'm sixty percent against goblins. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I just I feel like I've got a, a good matchup, and uh, like there's going to be so many graph diggers cages getting played in uh, in people's sideboards for for this weekend to yeah try and shut down goblins and yeah it's gonna gonna be interesting to see what happens. I know like the Soulty mid range decks they've got. You know, you've got uh, extinction event, and what's the uh, minus the three? No, no, there's oh. there's a minus three, minus three one, like the where you choose a creature something. type. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. yep. can't remember what it's called. Yep, a- out of the Eldraine set. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of that getting played, so people can wipe their opponent's side of the board, but keep their own creatures and, and things like that. One one deck I've heard people talking a fair bit about is the mono black God Pharaoh's gift deck. Because they were expecting a lot of people to be running Grafdigger's Cage as their graveyard hate, that doesn't actually shut down God Pharaoh's Gift. No, you exile not, the creature, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you're, you're, you're exiling mm. the creature out of your graveyard and you're putting a token into play. So it doesn't actually shut it down. So Did you just get a little tingle then, Cracker, at that last couple of sentence? With, <laughs> I mean, uh, with Grafdigger's Cage have, doesn't work. I've, yeah. It, it it feels pretty good when people play that early on and they go, ha, I got you. And you're like, nope, nope, don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so I'm actually, can- yeah, I'm surprised though with LSV and the the idea that Jund is really good. Like I agree it's good against goblins and then not bringing in Cage because, you know, that is defeats the purpose of the Muxus plan. But it turns off the cat oven combo and it also turns off Bolas's Citadel. So, what are they trying to do? Like, just thought season and braided away? Yeah, you're just playing into the hate that people are bringing in, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, like, mm. we all know that the like cat oven is is just. Well, I mean, it's super powerful, right? And if you can get it going with, you know, devils and things, and it's it's pretty easy to run away with the game. But it feels like you're playing into that kind of expected metagame hate, which I find interesting. Yeah. I, th- I thought the same thing because yeah they're playing collected company in the in the jund list as well yeah. so yeah I, just, I don't know you're if maybe they first into it <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe they just side out and they just sort of go a, a, a creature value plan maybe uh, yeah, just I, I mayhem I mean, devil is so good with you know a- against the goblin deck which mayhem devil with priest still works like when there's when there's graft diggers cage so you can still sort of control the board. You can, yeah, still ping down a bunch of their dudes. You've still got your Woe Strider again, so you can sacrifice a bunch of dudes and ping down their board. So I haven't I, seen I, their I 
I haven't seen their deck list. Are they playing the what's the three mana sorcery that returns two creatures? One gets menace, call one gets the death, death dweller. Touch? No, yeah, call the, uh, no, okay. Because the death touch counter on the um, the devil, devil is yeah. uh, is pretty good. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's a bit too cute. I don't know, but um, yeah, when the, when you get that happening, it's um, some good value. But yeah, I guess yeah, we'll see. But the the Godfarer's gift, the mono black list seems pretty good. Uh, I was just saying precast. I've been playing a, a blue black version, my own brew, and you know there was on on ladder, you know, in the historic ladder, the uh, there's a lot of goblins. There's a lot of mono red aggressive decks which i'm interested to see what their matchup is against goblins i honestly don't know which which deck would be better they're playing um that goblin that pings everything when it comes into play so maybe maybe they do have a good matchup but uh massacre worm uh of a god pharaoh's gift seems pretty sweet if you can live long enough to to get that so maybe that's uh maybe that's the plan that uh you know we might see uh, rise to the top if there's you know jun sacrifice decks and you know a lot of x2 or smaller creatures running around dropping a dropping a massacre worm can have a pretty big effect i think mm. yeah it's gonna, gonna be interesting so yeah coverage starts in yeah in a few hours so probably your coverage would have already started before anyone even gets to listen to this podcast but tune in and, and check it out and uh yeah hopefully we get some good matches and some good coverage this weekend and, uh, yeah, that might uh, help influence what you want to play in another event that's on this weekend that is almost as prestigious as a Mythic Invitational. So what, what is that, Chewie? You've, you've been pioneering this one or pushing this one? No, it's a story Historic, yeah, this yeah, one. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I left that open for you. Yeah, you did. You did. Thank you. Uh, so uh, well, what, there was some discussion on our Discord and there was a couple of weeks in between our leagues. So I thought, you know, let's not have a rest. Let's 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 keep running events and uh, yeah we are running a one day historic event through our our Discord and Trelonge, Uh and that kicks off at eleven a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Saturday the twelfth of September so this coming weekend uh, entry is free um, I'll repeat that it is free entry and there are prizes so. Shout out to, uh, to our sponsors, a game with Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar for, uh, making that happen. And we'll, we've got some, um, some codes from our creator program and, and whatnot as well. So I think at last count, we, let me just refresh the page. I think we had 20. Yeah, we're yep. at 20, I think. Yeah. So we've got 20 and there's still a few days to, to come in. So pretty excited by that. The way that we're going to run this event is we'll do Swiss rounds, but we won't do a cut to, a finals bracket. Uh, we'll, you know, try to give people their Saturday evenings to, uh, to spend with friends and family, but prizes will be based on, uh, your, on your record. So, um, with 20 players, we're probably looking at four rounds. Maybe are we into the five rounds by then? Maybe four rounds. But, you know, if you go XO, you'll get, you know, a set of prizes and, and it'll cascade down from there. So, uh, yeah, it should be, um, it should be really fun. And, you know, we've, seen some some deck lists so you know people can either just play their brew or they can try to metagame against uh some some you know decks being played at the at the mythic invitational we'll see how we go but yeah um so sign up for that the shorty if you could put the link to the uh to the event in the yep. show notes and the the event um 
I've, I've said, Shorty, we'll put that in the show notes. I don't know how many times. I think that's the first time you've agreed to do it. Uh, uh, so it's, it's already yeah. in there. It's fine. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, off that event is the link to our Discord where you will have all of the, the pairings and the general um, banter and shenanigans on the day. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it should be a, a bit of fun. And, uh, yeah, play some historic. Get on, get on it. Cool. All right. Our next thing we're just going to get through pretty quickly, but... We saw, uh, or we had, Wizards did a big announcement event. I think that was actually at, like, the Command Fest or something like that. But they started off the previews for Zendikar Rising, which is the next set which we're going to start getting into in a minute. But they also announced the next year, effectively, worth of sets. So Wizards sort of always, they have code names for their sets, and they're always different random things that, that don't have any relevance to what the actual set is. And then, yeah, it seems sort of once a year they go, okay, these are the sets that we're going to for the next year or the places we're going to and get, you know, people hyped about what's coming up. So we're just quickly going to go through what's coming out next year. So the first set of the year will be called Kaldheim, which apparently is a Viking-inspired set, which uh, could be pretty cool. Stu, you've got a little bit of a Viking look and you're also a Minnesota Vikings fan, so... I'm yeah, looking forward you, you, to it. <laughs> now that I that know one. about it, I only found out about this tonight. <laughs> and yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm wondering if it's gonna be if we're gonna see the return of snow permanence when we go to a uh, a world that's full oh. of snow. So that that could be interesting. I've got I've got a, a prediction. Yes. A new set of gods. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah, I, yeah, see that. I think that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. And it's some equipment that's a sweet hammer, that'd be good as well. <laughs> so the set after that is going to be called Strixhaven which is Strixhaven the school of mages so it is a well I don't know Harry Potter I guess Hogwarts was taken right yeah (laughs) yeah gonna be interesting to see but I'm tipping we see a lot of uh, mechanics like probably rebound maybe like flashback those sorts of spell based mechanics would be pretty cool to see coming back in a set like that but well, yeah, the that, original that, pretty cool. the cracker the original teferi card was he was a he was a student so it could just be another teferi set i mean i hope so <laughs> 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 you can feel the sarcasm dripping off that statement you could, no, you no, could. No, just just give me like flash bounce teferi don't give me any of these yep. stupid broken planeswalkers <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like the the blue, 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 and two, the three, o- four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Went back when he was just a creature and didn't have his spark. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. That's that's it. Yeah. Sounds actually sweet. Um, um, I love spell slinging. So, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's, it should be cool. That's kind of awesome. Yep. Uh, the set after that is actually going to be a Dungeons and Dragons themed set. It's a, it's an adventure in the Forgotten Realm. So if you don't know, Dungeons and Dragons is actually owned by Wizards of the Coast, who make Magic the Gathering. So it's all the same intellectual property, I guess. But they are they've always sort of been separate worlds. Well, we saw a Ravnica D and D campaign like yeah, a crossovers. year ago. Or something. We, we've had yeah. a few crossovers recently, and we'll get into it soon when we get into Zendikar. But one of the mechanics from Zendikar very much has a Dungeons and Dragons feel to it. So yeah, I'm tipping we start to see like we saw recently a bag of holding, you know, uh, as a as an artifact card. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm tipping we'll see a, a few different things like that that have those you know, references to Dungeons and Dragons and the creatures that you see in the D&D world. So that one should be pretty cool. 
we don't have a release date for this next one, but Chewy, I think you should be pretty excited about this. Time Spiral Remastered. I, I, I am excited by this, but I, I need more detail. So <laughs> I, I, I'm excited, but I, I could be like, oh, sweet. Time Spiral is good. Nostalgia set. I like that. Or if it's just like we've seen on Arena with Amonkhet remastered where it was just like here is a whole bunch of the time spiral cards that we you know all know and love <clears throat> Tamagoyf, like reprinted and affordable and uh and potentially in a great draft format as the first one was i'm really really looking forward to that i like the time spiral card frame not everybody does i, I get that but if i see a reprinted Tamagoyf. Uh, like out of one of the you know modern master sets or something, it looks so strange to me. Like uh, that's not <laughs> what Tarmogoyf looks like, right? Yeah. So I I hope we get that. And like Time Spiral for those you know won't go into the lore, but there were a whole bunch of cards that were um, functional reprints of cards in a different color. Yeah, uh, color shifted. That was color the- shifted. Yeah, and then we had time shifted cards where they were. Um, Cards print so the character or the event had a you know a fork in the road if you like uh, the Acroma uh, as an example where there was a point in Acroma's life where she could be all like truth and justice or she could be like revenge and there was a red Acroma so it was a cool bit of you know alternate timeline um, flavor there and some some cool cards as well so I'm I'm looking forward to it very much so so I loved the set um, we've seen. A couple of like pre preview cards in Chalice mm. of the Void and Path to Exile. Um, they're so- in old borders as well, which they've never yeah, done yeah. before. So they're actually taking <laughs> cards that have like modern borders and have put them in like old frames. So like Chalice is in the original like brown bordered um, artifact frame, which is pretty sweet. So uh, I will be replacing the. Uh, so, yeah, I know this isn't a sales thread, but I have two foil Chalice of the Void uh, that I'm, I'm, I will sell to finance. Just the, the put, f- put them in the buy and sell. Yeah, yeah. Discord I'm, I'm really looking forward to those for my Eldrazi Tron deck that I never get to play. But, yeah, it's uh, I love yeah. that card. And, yeah, the old boarded artifacts are much better than the new boarded artifacts, just saying. Yep. So we'll we'll get into that set a bit more as it gets closer, but yeah, it will be on Magic Online and in paper, but it won't be on Arena, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, should should be pretty cool. So hopefully we'll get some more previews of those next year sometime. Hopefully it's far enough away that we can, when it comes out in paper, we can actually play it in paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that would be nice. The uh, the other one they announced was Modern Horizons Two, which is interesting. Like after Modern Horizons One came out, and it completely destroyed modern for a while with how many broken cards they they printed in there they've decided to go back to it but this time they had some pretty well-known players actually come and do a little stint at wizards to i guess help play test and not not really design cards i don't think they're really involved in the designing but definitely helping play test and figuring out what's broken and that sort of stuff so they actually had brad nelson sam black and bbd or brian braun doing yeah, come and do a little stint at Wizards, which if you've listened to the Bash Bros podcast, they uh, they sort of talk about that on there, which would have been pretty cool for them to see the other side of it. But yeah, hopefully it means the set's not going to be too broken and have too many crazy cards in it. And they did announce with it that they are reprinting the enemy fetch lands in that set. So 
I don't think that's going to make much of a dent in terms of prices on the enemy fetches, but it's just good that they are going to be there again. So pretty I, I, cool. I think that's a see. good thing with like Verdant Catacombs and Scalding Tarns and things. They are very expensive and hard to yep. come by. Yep. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go on too big of a tangent, but we had play design, we had play test, we had pro players, former pro players, and they gave us Oko. So I am worried. <laughs> I am worried equally as as equally worried as I am excited by seeing these names next to this um, this set. It it could yeah, it could be the best thing ever, or it could be more Oko. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, who knows. All right, so that's yeah, what's coming up for Magic for the next year. There's also like Commander previews, which I think actually start like tomorrow or something for the the next lot of Commander sets that are all coming out. And no doubt there's going to be a million secret layers and then other ancillary products and things like that. But yeah, lo- lots and lots of products, and we'll be covering them all as they all come out. So plenty well, to been, be excited about. There's been the two full Commander Companion decks released yesterday or today that go with yeah. Zendikar. Nice. So they've got uh, only four new cards each. I can't remember what they are. We can talk about it at some other point. But um, yeah, they've they've just they're, they're only doing two, but they are directly tied to the um, Zendikar set. So they're like landfall based and that kind of stuff. Yeah, cool. cool. All right. So yeah, speaking of Zendikar Rising, we've been talking about it for a little while and sort of hinting about it. I think on the last cast we talked about the Planeswalkers that have been previewed. Well, now the set is here. It it actually comes out next week so uh we're gonna spend a bit of time sort of going through that so cracker you are always a old mechanics person I am. you can uh you can take us through what we can expect to see in zendikar rising okay so there are four distinct mechanics that they are we have in this set the first one shorty alluded to earlier and it's called party and so party refers to a creature type that is on the battlefield under your control, and it is the following creature types. It is a cleric, rogue, wizard, and warrior. Have you guys ever played D&D? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, given the multiple campaigns I've played with both Shorty and Chewy, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> yes. The, those are the like the, the fundamental types of, you know, quintessential so sad D&D characters. Out there, right? man. Sad druids. Yeah, or you druids. know, whatever. <laughs> Druids, it's fine. Where's the bard? The bard, yeah. Um, so there's that's basically it. So y- y- there will be different effects that take place based on the number of party members that you have in play. So it's to do with the type. So it doesn't matter if you've got like six warriors usually or, you know, and two clerics. It'll say, you know, this spell costs you X lets for each party member you have. So it'll be like one for your cleric and one for your warrior. So there will be a bunch of different things, and it always refers to those four creature types. So cleric, rogue, wizard, and warrior. Unsurprisingly, they're very heavily represented in all the different sorts of, you know, humanoid creatures. So there's vampires and elves and, you know, humans and all that kind of stuff. Um, So that's interesting. And obviously they're sewing it in advance of the D&D set, which is a little ways off. So that's kind of cool. But you you have to have individual creatures. So you can't have, like, if I've got a- Correct. Elf, elf, warrior, rogue- it, that doesn't count as two, does it? I, I need no. a warrior. No, so you can't and have a like rogue. a yeah. So if you're playing an older format and you've got like a changeling in play, it doesn't count towards all of yep. them. Yep. So it is. It is like I said. It's not duplicates of the same type, and it's it's distinct creatures. Yes. Yeah. In, in, interesting mechanic. I don't, I don't know 
how strong it's going to be in constructor because there are there are like you said there's the things that sort of give you a discount for each party member they're they're probably Mm -hmm. pretty good but then there's some cards that require you to have what they call a full party so you you have to have all four of those types and if you've already got four creatures of different types on the battlefield and then you're getting some discount or some extra effect on a card it'd want to be really good but you're probably already in a pretty good position that it doesn't make a huge difference so yeah, this probably, feels yeah. like the the sets draft format like flagship yeah, draft yeah. format right uh yep. draft archetype, archetype sorry yeah yep. yeah and look it could be good uh you know allies was good um and you know synergies in in drafting is always good but uh and it's you know like you said there's a elf uh warrior rogue or whatever it is like you know there's a enough uh, creature types represented there to uh, to make it happen in limited. So yeah, could be good. Um, interesting to keep track of in paper again. Yeah, it'd be much easier on arena. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, I think it's a uh, I think it's pretty cool. And like you said, having that uh, crossover with D and D, like laying that foundation for the uh, for the D and D set later on, should make it pretty interesting. So the next. Uh, mechanic is a returning favorite of a lot of people and it is kicker so kicker is a it's on creatures it's on you know non-creature spells and it's an additional cost it's usually an additional mana cost sometimes it's colorless sometimes it's more of like the same color sometimes it's a different color sometimes it can be even things like sacrificing a creature but it will give you an effect so the creature might say you know um like Two and a green for a two-two, but if you pay a kicker of three and a green, so the total cost is, wait, five maths. How does it work? Three to six. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say two and a green or one? And a green? Whatever. <laughs> maths is for blockers. It's gonna yeah, exactly. It's gonna come in with like three plus one plus one counters on as an example. So it will give you some additional effect. It may cause an opponent to like sacrifice a creature or discard a card or something like that. So kicker's really cool. It's kind of like cycling. Kicker's really really old as far as um yeah mechanics go i think it's one of the earliest ones they introduced and it works really nicely because it gives you you know uh like a 2-2 early in the game and then like a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6 six, six later on in the game when you can pay your kicker cost so it sc- scales well with the game it, that, it, that it extra scales effect is handy yep but you can you can only pay that kicker cost once. So we have we have Correct. had in the past a multi-kicker. mechanic called multi kicker, which you can pay it as many times as you want. But when it's just normal kicker, you can only pay that cost once, and it doesn't affect the converted mana cost of the spell, does it? No, it doesn't. We actually looked this up the other night when we were playing some commander. Um, yeah, it, the, I know it's come the, up a few times in my commander deck. Yeah, the yeah the CMC is always the cost of the the spell in the top right hand corner so it's an additional cost so um yeah it it also means that people can't yet do things like disdainful stroke a spell that costs you know three normally but you're paying six for it because disdainful stroke only counters things that have got you know cmc four or more for example yep so it's it's that kind of effect so we also have the return of double face cards so it's been a little while since we've had some of these there's been well the Ixalon flip cards are the last ones I can think of. Yeah, like the um, the blue enchantment Search that turned into a land. Yeah, yeah, yeah the ones yeah. that flipped into lands. Yeah, yeah. So th- those are the most recent iteration. These ones are a little different. They are they're called non-modal. So when you draw the card, 
it has, you know, either a, there's a lot of spell on the front and then land on the back seems to be the most common of all of these double face cards that I've seen. And you get to pick one of those sides and do that thing. You don't get to do both. If you cast it as a spell, it resolves, it goes to the graveyard. It is a spell in your graveyard. If you choose to put it into play as a land, it is a land. There are a bunch of effects that make you return lands to your hand in this set as well. Synergy, I know. So then once you pick it up again, you can like cast it as the spell instead of playing as a land. So again, it's those kind of effects where you can have... The, the spells all seem to be, for the most part, slightly overcosted. I think. I, I then, think that they need to be if they if they sure. weren't overcosted because having something well, then that is they're a land as well, right? Yeah, it kind of warps the one of the fundamentals of magic. Otherwise, so they need to tack a mana on at least a mana onto each of those spells. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can you can pick it up and you know play it as the spell later on if you don't need the land. So again, versatility, pretty cool. Yeah, Actually, they all they have a front face though don't they they do all have a front yes yeah and so th- they're always the this from what i've seen all all of the ones i've seen so far are spells on the front and then lands on the back except so for the if du- someone double land ones except for the double land ones yes so all the ones that are different types yeah which means that people can um with like discard effects take it out of your hand because it's not a land while it's in your hand yep it's only a land when you put it into play as a land yeah, so if you've got like a, if you're playing Uro, so I'm looking at a card that's Val- Valakut yes. Awakening, so it's two and a red, and instant put in any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. So that's that's just a normal spell. That's the face of the card. So if you're searching your library for an instant or sorcery spell, that's what you get. Uh, I believe if you flip it off of like Escape to the Wilds or something like that, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how that works, but I think you can only cast the instant side of it, but if you play an Uro and it says put a land from your hand into the battlefield, this doesn't actually count as a land. It only counts as a land when you're putting it on the battlefield like playing a normal land. So it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of stuff works and I think it's going to take people a little while to get used to how that works. That is confusing because like thinking back to our topic about historic, Explore uh, says you can play an additional land this turn. Yeah, so that's a different that's effect. Different that's though. letting you play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So putting a land into play off the Arboreal Grazer or Uro versus playing an additional land. Yeah, it's, yep. it's very similar. It's like there's yes, a bit of a is. nuance. Yeah, there. And, yeah. That's, and that's where people, you know, you're only going to do it once, and then you're going to go, oh, okay, that that's weird. And then you know, you might do it the second time and go, oh, okay, all right, now I understand how this works, and then you're fine. What, but what what happens if I do it a third time? Well, then you're out. <laughs> Is that like Beetlejuice? Yeah, arena dies arena and just can no longer play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crack against all your wild cards. <laughs> in, in. I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> any of the ones that matter anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so with the ones that, like the lands that are double-faced, how how do they work? Uh, you just, so you mean the the ones that are either, so, well, there's, let's just talk about that quickly. There's a cycle of rare lands in this set that are like a plains on the front and a mountain on the back. And you can choose to put them into play on either side, but that's yep. it. So it's it's a land in your hand at that point as well because it's a land on both sides. Yep. And they come into play untapped. But they don't I'm actually also, have the land type, do they? They're they not don't actually they a mountain do, they do or, not. A, or a plains, which is no, a little bit just, annoying. Yeah, they're named and they tap for uh, like yeah a, a red or a white mana or whatever it is. Yep. I'm a little underwhelmed by them. I got to tell you. 
the those lands specifically or yeah, the- that that cycle yeah okay they enter tapped as well is that right no they don't no they don't there's okay. there's no. some that do like some of the spell no, well, ones specifically do. the rare the rare land cycle where it's t- like one of uh, a land on both sides and you choose like mountain or plains effect right they enter untapped yep. yeah okay which is why they're rare but they don't really fix your mana yeah yeah, no, they, and they I kind, think that's why Shorty was talking about if they had a land type, if you could fetch them, um, they would be a lot more powerful. And oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I I am also Ooh. a little <laughs> underwhelmed by them, but- Kind of. They're still less powerful than a shock. Yes, yes. They're definitely less right. powerful than a shock. Like, even if you could fetch them, they'd be significantly less powerful than a shock. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, I, I guess that will play out as it does, and that's kind of- and aside, we all complain sorry. about power creep, and then when they don't have something with power creep, we complain about that too. <laughs> we are magic players. What can I say? <laughs> it's it's tricky, right? And and yeah. while we're chatting about lands, we should talk about uh, the the final mechanic in this set, which is landfall, which is from yes. OG Zendikar, not the battle for Zendikar nonsense, where it was whenever <laughs> a land enters the battlefield under your control, an effect will happen. Um, so a lot of the time, it will be like. Your creature gets plus two plus oh, or you know, you put a plus one plus one counter on something, or you know, there's just a bunch of different effects that can happen based on a land entering the battlefield this turn, which is cool. Landfall is a really um, popular mechanic, powerful, tends not to be busted, and just fun to play with. And it means things like Fabled Passage go, I mean, they're always a super good card anyway, but it goes right up in value because you can, you know, fetch for a basic land mid combat and it's a pump spell or something like that. And so. Um, landfall is back and that's cool I'm happy to see it I like Landfall yeah I'm yeah, going to have cool. to put my commander game. deck back together looking forward to it <laughs> oh dude that, that deck is good <laughs> oh <Yeah>. math <laughs> so good alright All right. sorry so Let's yeah one, uh, one of the extra things they sort of announced when they announced Zendikar I, I don't think we've spoken about this at all actually on the podcast but there's a new style of boosters that are coming out with this set which are called set boosters so we now have draft boosters which are your traditional normal booster like you've been used to opening for ages you then have your set booster which is a new one and then we've also got the collector's boosters which we've had for a while which are the ultra premium the ones that chris buys heaps of no no, no, there's also the (laughs) vip boosters right is it what what's a vip aren't they vip collector's boosters yeah, isn't there like collectors boosters and then like VIP collectors boosters? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't, this I don't is like when, things when they introduce having mythics. You know, rares used to be really good. Yeah. Now we have mythics. Now we've yeah. got that for boosters. Wow. For for the normal people that are actually going to buy the stuff, <laughs> not buying a hundred dollar packs. Uh, yeah, the the set boosters are kind of like the the way Wizards sort of talked about it in their article is they the feedback they get from a lot of people is that like people like me, I buy a box every set. I usually buy a box and a bundle. And I'm just, I'm cracking it because it's fun to to crack the packs, but I'm kind of trying to build up my collection. And what you end up with is you just have tons of excess commons that are completely worthless. And that's not really not really what I want and what they want from their customers because you, you kind of get left with that feeling that you, you're almost sort of wasting their money. So they've come up with these set boosters that are, designed to fill that gap where you're still getting a booster with i think it's 14 or 13 cards something like that 14 cards yeah but you're getting more you know less commons and more foils and more slots in that booster for 
the ultra rare stuff and the you know the showcase artwork and that sort of stuff so they're slightly more expensive i think i think i paid 175 for my box on on pre-order whereas it's normally 145 or 150 for yeah, it's a normal about draft a dollar roof. more a pack yeah which is which is not bad and yeah you you have more chance at getting the good cards that you want and you're going to get more of the uncommons and, and all that sort of stuff to sort of fill out your collection better with or quicker with the cards that you actually want for constructed play because if you look at most standard decks they're predominantly taken up with minimum uncommons like uncommons rares and mythics and there's not that many commons that uh, that really get played heavily so what you really want is those higher rarity things so i think from what i've heard if you're wanting to buy cards to yeah, build a proper collection for playing tournaments and things with, or you're wanting to get the most value, this is probably where you should be putting your money rather than into the draft boosters. And draft boosters are more if you actually intend on getting your mates together and drafting them. So, yeah, in- interesting. I don't know what you guys think of these this product. I want to I- see some boxes cracked first to just see how the distribution actually goes. Yeah. Like they, they give you percentages in the announcement of how, you know, the distribution, but we'll see what happens. Well, I did order just today. I pre-ordered uh, my set booster box, so uh, I'm 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 down with it. I think it's a yep. good idea, and I'm yeah, keen to cool. I'm keen to see how it goes. And look, if I'm opening packs and what's in them is you know better, yeah. then you know that uh, that feeds that that enjoyment, right? Like I'm like yeah. you, where I love I love getting that that box and you know getting. A playmat out on the kitchen table and have my six-year-old sit next to me and you know we go yeah, through that's the my cards favorite and bit, yeah. packing packs with the kids. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of fitting that that gap. Like I look at, uh, like I'm happy to pay my money for a booster box every set, but I don't want to lash out for a collector booster. For me, that's too much. That's beyond yeah. what I'm willing to pay for a box of cards. Yeah, it's a good middle ground. Yeah, and, and this fits right in the middle where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm happy to pay a little bit extra, but I'm I'm also getting a bit extra and it. You know, it feels like it's actually worth it. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The other thing that is coming in those packs is the last card in the, the pack is, you know, the, the sort of standard token or an ad card like you get in a normal booster. So that's the 14th card in the, in the set. Every booster there is a 25 percent chance so one in four chance which is pretty good that that card is actually replaced with a card from what they're calling the list in inverted commas or rabbit ears and the list is this set of 300 cards from all of magic's history obviously except for the reserve list well we we assume (laughs) assuming that they're not so a couple of quick highlights from the list that jump out is enlightened tutor yep and land tax in white. There's a couple of cards that I actually want, and that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But there's dude, what there's a whole heap of good cards in here. All right, Stu, I just have one question for you. Yes. What, why are you casting white spells? Sometimes I like to cast white spells. <laughs> okay. I, I cast a white Honden in my five-color deck just because I need extra things, but there's, like, there's some but cool cards. But Tutor like is very important. Warp World, Scred Shorty. Um, Extinction, uh, Pact of Negation. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Cryptic Command is in there. Wise and Sand, Entreat, Entreat the Angels, Eldrazi Displacer. It's the some of the white cards. It's actually colorless. Come on, Wizards, sort it out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Riptide Lab. 
El Jirazi Temple, like there's, it's cool, you know, be yeah, a nice cool, little cool um, little bonus to get. So yeah, well, the, well, the other yeah. thing with those cards is they're actually printing them in the original like card frame. So if if it's old boarded and that sort of stuff, it's it's printed with the old border. So it's literally like you're you're opening a, a pack of new cards, but you're you've got that chance of pulling something really old. So. Yeah, should be uh, should be pretty cool. And again, we'll once we've sort of got the the boosters in our hand in hands and cracked the packs, we'll sort of let you know how we go and if we get anything good. So let's uh, let's actually get into the previews because yeah, well, I think we've actually almost got the full set previewed now. We're what are we at two seventy of two hundred and eighty? So there's only ten cards left to go when we're recording this, and probably in the next ten minutes they'll all be out. So. <laughs> It's um you know we're a little bit late to the party with our recording every fortnight, but any uh, any cards you want to discuss? I think Cracker, you've got quite a few that you wanted to sort of talk about. Uh, I just yeah kind of sorted the list by rarity and had a look through to see what jumped out at me. The f- look, there's some sweet ones like we always talk about. There's some cards that we hope see play and don't expect. Uh, I do have one that I think will see play. Uh, so it is called Seagate Stormcaller. So it's one and a blue for a creature. It's a human wizard, right? Wizard, special creature type. Uh, it also has a kicker of four and a blue. And it says, when Seagate Stormcaller enters the battlefield, copy the next instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost two or less. You cast this turn when you cast it. If Seagate Stormcaller was kicked, copy that spell twice instead. You may choose new targets for the copies. So it's kind of like a Snapcaster Mage, which is kind a really of. good card. <laughs> it's, it's not as good, obviously, but Snapcaster's probably too good. Yeah, but like this doesn't have flash. Uh, it um, you got to have the spell. No, it doesn't. In your head. But it, it t- <laughs> the, the what it does is it turns. No, no, it turns your um, your removal spell for four mana into a two-one and two removal spells. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a value it, it's, card. It's not the power of Snapcaster, but it's a well. Snapcaster is mostly a value card as well. Yeah, but this isn't on the same power level. Uh, uh, no, that, I'm not but, saying it, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's Snapcaster. I said if you're looking for <laughs> uh, and no, you, you a said that you can it's, get card is as good as it's Snapcaster. a Snapcaster in that no, it's blue no, and a I one for a two a, one. That's that's pretty much where the comparison <laughs> stopped. Yeah, but <laughs> sorry, Greg, sure, keep going. sure. <laughs> No, it's uh, fine. So what are we? It's what fine. are you copying with this? It. Like in in vintage, I'm copying time walk. Um, but what what are you what are you copying? Uh, are like you copying? removal spells or card draw. Yeah, I mean the fact that it doesn't have flash is a problem, right? Like that, it would be obviously significantly better. But if you get to the, the fact that you can kick it, also you know does a lot later on as well. So you're not just top decking a a two mana two one that kind of doesn't have much of an impact. So I think it will see play because. It fills out the curve nicely and, and can let you do multiple things on a turn. And if you are, you know, like a control deck or a tempo deck, then that's kind of all you want to be doing. Yep. No, I, I think if there is, and, you know, we'll talk about rotation, but if there's a blue-red, like, Ralzaric-esque spells deck out there, um, you know, in um, in the, the next format, then this will definitely be a key card. You know, just yeah. copying a uh, on turn four going this into two lightning strikes or whatever um, is a you know bit of a one sided wrath at that point in the game probably so pretty good. Yep, I tell you, what you can copy with it. Right, is a card called Feed the Swarm, which is one in a black for a sorcery. It says destroy target creature or enchantment 
that an opponent controls, you use you lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost. So that's enchantment removal in black. Targeted, yeah, targeted, enchantment, targeted removal. enchantment removal. <laughs> so that's the first time we've seen this in the history of magic, right? This is actually yeah, they broke uh, the we only recently got the sacrifice effect in black. Yeah, yeah. that was Farika's libation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. What color pie, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but either way, like one and a black killer creature. I mean, you, it's it's obviously not Doomblade because you lose life equal to its CMC, but. It's also common. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that one because the fact that it's broken the color pie completely and that annoys me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of that card. I share that with you. Um, so an enchantment that you could destroy with this is uh, one of the cards I wanted to talk about. I think this mm. is something that will see some constructed play in standard. Um, it is Felidar Retreat. And it's uh, three and a white for an enchantment. It has a landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. The first one is create a 2-2 white cat beast creature token. Uh, the second option is put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. So I'm sorry, each creature? Each creature you control. Wow. Yeah. So I can see, you know, a couple of potential homes for this if there's a sort of uh, a mid-range or a, a uh, an aggressive white-based deck that uh, wants to put plus one counters on things like we've seen with the mono white decks um, already that occasionally crop up in the metagame but there could be like a, a bant ramp style um, mid-range deck that could uh, could really use this so think about you know those that ramp style shell that we've seen that that is around and it's got um you know uros and other um you know cultivates and things like that and you can just create an army not anywhere near the power level of say field of the dead obviously but uh a similar sort of fixed effect of that where you don't actually have to play any other win condition in your deck you can just play this thing and just keep making creatures and making them big. So, yeah, I think I think this deck's sorry. This has got potential to be in multiple decks, and we'll see constructed play. Is my uh, prediction? Yeah, no, I Looks don't. Like see it's it. a pretty good Amzan shell for it in standard. Amzan shell, yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely. There's there's a lot of plus one plus one synergies in. Um, yeah, both green and black, and obviously this in white as well. So it looks like it's going to be pretty strong. Plus, uh, probably multiple versions of plus one plus one counters matter. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I sort of look at this card and go, "All right, you play it on turn four, it does nothing, and then you've got to have your fifth land drop to do something. If you're playing a ramp strategy, or you don't have the creatures to be putting the counters on, so on your fifth turn, if you've got a land, you're getting one two two. Yeah, I, I don't see this. I mean, it might. I don't, who knows? I don't know. But- I remember people having the same conversation when Field of the Dead was spoiled, but not that this is on the same power level. No, but it's just no, no it's- way near. <laughs> but, but we've got ways to put multiple lands into play. As Cracker said, there's ways to uh, return lands in this set. We've got the we've got a fetch land in in standard. Um, in the uh, the name escapes me. Fable What's passage. Called? Fable passage. So. I think you are correct in the 
aggro slash mid-range. You know, if this is at the top of your curve at four, it's it's not that great. But in the ramp strategy, you drop this on turn three, you've got 28 lands in your deck, right? And ways to put multiple of them into play with um, Uros and Cultivates. Uh, you'd be able to fabricate a, a, a sizable army on turn five or six, completely stabilize and take over the game against any sort of aggressive strategy. And it's an enchantment. It's difficult to interact with. Unless no, it's not. There's a common black spell that does that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's easy to interact with. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, people aren't going to be playing Wilt in their um, in their main deck generally. So, yeah, I, I this deck, this card jumps out at me as a, something that is absolutely worth exploring. Yep. It reminds me of the Siege set, uh, the Siege cycle from the Khan's block. block. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and, definitely. And they, they saw a bunch of play. And they were the same thing. They were full mana enchantments that had no effect. But they triggered every turn, didn't they, automatically? That was- yes. Yeah, they, well, they did. No, it depended. No, they, they had different effects based on I just looked up Outpost Siege. Uh, and so, like, Outpost Siege was at the beginning of your upkeep. You could have a exile a card and you could cast it. Uh, or you could make it, like, whenever a creature died, you could ping a thing for one. Yeah. But it was pretty much always played as, a, like, a card draw thing. And that was on four mana that did nothing that turn it entered. So- yeah, but I agree it also that this is more conditional. To yeah, yeah, it's more conditional. Yeah, but for we've, sure. we've got decks with twenty-eight lands in them now. Yeah, and, so, and that, I'm tipping that land count goes up as well with the, all the spell spell lands and things uh, like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. So that's where I think it could be good. Anyway, yep. um, Shorty, you and I both had the same card um, on our little list of things we wanted to talk about here. So do you want to talk to us about thieving skydiver? Yeah, I I didn't really have any cards that jumped out at me, but I saw this one and, and thought it's uh, pretty cool, Pro- probably more so in older formats, but it's, yeah, one and a blue for a 2-1 Merfolk Rogue. It has Kicker of X, and but it also says X can't be zero, and it has Flying, so it's a 2-mana two 2-1 two Flyer. That's, that's a pretty good start. Uh, when Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with converted mana cost X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. Now, the, the big thing with this is it's not gain control of it until Thieving Skydiver leaves the battlefield. It's just permanent gain control of target artifact. So you can take all sorts of things that cost not that much, yeah, and, and especially in older formats, you can pay this, you know, play this for three mana and steal a mox. Soul ring. Yeah, or a soul ring or, or all sorts of things. So I think this is probably going to be pretty good. And it's also got some good relevant creature types being Merfolk Rogue. And we've seen a bunch of equipment in yeah, this set yeah, as well. Yeah, so so there's, there's a lot like of equipment it. that is, it, when it enters a battlefield, you equip it straight onto something. Like you don't have to pay an equipment. Uh, equip cost so you know opponents will be playing equipment so you can then drop this dude steal that equipment you get it straight away it won't equip for free though because it's not entering the battlefield well it does it says if that artifact is an equipment attach it to thieving skydiver so yeah you, you get it anyway oh okay sorry so yeah. so cracker so cracker yeah i, I really want to steal a skull clamp <laughs> <laughs> three mana steal your skull clamp i draw two cards yes how good is that in. That's pretty great. <laughs> yep. yeah. So yeah, this this one should be cool. I, yeah, I don't I don't know where it fits or what it's what it's going to do, but definitely a card to keep an eye out for, and uh, yeah, see what it does. Stu, yep. do you want to uh, give us one of your cards? Yep. So it's funny because original Zendikar is when I first came into Magic and absolutely loved it. I've got a whole heap of you know original Zendikar cards, but I have not given 
Zendikar rise in the time it deserves with all these uh, spoilers. And, but so I've only really got one card at the moment that sticks out and I don't know if it fits anywhere in any format, but I know it fits into my Brea uh, EDH deck that I'm currently putting together. And that is Forsaken Monument. It costs five generic mana. It's a legendary artifact. And colorless, colorless creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Uh, whenever you tap a permanent for, what's that mana symbol? I'm still a noob. Colorless. That is colorless. Generic. Generic. No, that's... Add an that's, additional. That's colorless. Colorless. Oh, that specifically colorless. Specifically yeah. colorless. Oh, yeah, colorless. Right. Yep. Yep. right. Yep. Weird. Uh, whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. Uh, so I, I really like this. Straight away, as soon as I saw it, I thought, that goes infinite with Basalt Mount Monolith. <laughs> it so, does. Yeah. Yep. I don't infinite want to reveal any more. have never been a problem, have they? But, <laughs> but, yeah, I've got some shenanigans that I want to put together with it. And, yeah, I like the look of it. I think it's a cool card. People I mean, will work, be tinkering really with good. this in, in modern Tron lists. I don't know if it'll make the cut, but people will try. It's definitely going to get played in Commander where you've got a lot of... Yeah, for sure. Mana rocks that tap for colorless and things like that. It also works with your white-bordered Shivan Reefs. When you tap your, your Shivan Reef for colorless <laughs> mana, you also get an additional one. So just keep keep that in mind for all you white-bordered Shivan Reef fans out there. <laughs> all, all one of you. <laughs> all me. <laughs> but it's just all a right. cool card. Like, colorless creatures you control get plus two, plus two as well. So if you're loading up with Thopters from our mate Psy, that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Cracker, do you want to uh, give us one last card? Sure. I don't know if this one's good. I'm not going to make any claims that it's the next <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's called Leyline Tyrant. It's two and two red for a 4-4 dragon. Uh, it has flying and it said, you don't lose unspent red mana as your steps and phases end. Then when Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red. And when you do, it deals that much damage to any target. This card's good. It looks like a lot of fun. It Look, I don't know if it's going to see standard play, but certainly like, I mean, I imagine Jack will demand one of these immediately for your dragon's decks, Stu. Oh, 100%. 100%. I haven't shown her yet, but I know she'll see it and go put it in. Yeah. I'm so glad it's a mythic because if this was a rare, it would show up in every single draft that you play and you'd get destroyed every time. So um, I'm glad it's, they've made this yeah. a mythic. So, like, the unspared red mana, so does that continue through turns? Yep. Yes, it yep. doesn't go away. So, it's like it's um, the original Omnath. And, and in- the thing is, you, you can use that mana at any point as well, right? It is just yep. available yep. in your mana pool. So, it's um, it's kind of cool. I mean, obviously, it incentivizes you to be, you it's know, monitoring your opponent close quick. as you can. It is going to kill the opponent. It, look, the um, fact that it doesn't have haste is a little bit of a downside. Yeah. But it's still pretty strong. Is the there is an X spell that is one of the flip land cards, right? Like a red red X. I can't remember. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So maybe there's maybe you know we've got two cards and mountains. We we can start building a a a, a big a big red deck now. Let's well, it's do the it. kind of thing like you you play this, and if you get to untap with it, you just don't have to play another creature. Like you don't have to commit anything else to the board. Like you. You can either swing, just keep attacking with this and they don't block it and just keep taking four in the air and you just keep adding mana to your mana pool every turn until eventually they deal with it. So, or they don't deal with it. Can yeah. you then, in chunky red, can you main deck uh, Witch's Oven? 
Yeah, the uh, sacrifice yeah, outlet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like <laughs> with yeah, you might be playing claim the firstborn. Oh, does that rotate? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're brewing now. We're brewing. Yep. 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 <laughs> <So>. <laughs> In- interesting card, and yeah, I, I can see someone's going to do some some sort of broken thing with it. So. Yeah, and we're, we're not going deep on the previews. They've been out for a while, most of them. You've probably already been through them, and plenty of other podcasts have sort of already gotten into those. So you don't need to hear us waffling on about those, and we've gone long enough as it is. So, yeah, this set will release on Arena in, yeah, pretty much a week's time on the 17th of September. So I think that's the 18th for us, and then in paper the following weekend. And with that release comes rotation. So... This is something we get to enjoy once a year, and I think people have been looking forward to this one. It's probably safe to say there's quite a few cards that we've wanted to see gone, although most of them are banned now already. So maybe it's a it's not as needed as we all thought. But goodbye, Nissa. Yeah, once once this set drops, so we will be losing Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, War of the Spark. So the three Ravnica themed sets, and then the M20 core set so core core set 2020 so everyone's mana base is about to get a lot worse yeah yeah so we lose all the shock lands which is that's a big shock to the format Mm. is that you (laughs) it's late we've been going for a while so i'm falling to pieces he's gonna start (laughs) saying um a lot yes so yeah Yep, so when we see these these rotations happen, obviously the format gets a huge shake-up because we lose almost half of the the sets. Like we we currently have eight sets in standard. We lose literally half of them and we gain one more. So we go from an eight-set standard to a five-set standard and there's always a big shake-up. Now, we're sort of hoping maybe just to touch on the decks that are going to be dead and the decks that are going to survive, but we're we're going pretty long. But any quick quick hits on... uh, I have a general statement in that a lot of the cards we've looked at when we've been, you know, previewing them, we're looking at them through the lens of current standard uh, because it's really powerful only when you've got eight sets, only the really good cards make your deck. You know, card evaluation, go and check out that Evergreen series. But the format, the pool, the card pool in the format is getting a lot smaller. So cards like Leyline Tyrant, which might not be good enough to be played right now, might get a window before other sets start getting introduced in. So uh, the f- standard should slow down and, and become like a little less powerful. So except for, except for Uro, <laughs> nothing yeah, changes we st- for Uro. <laughs> we still we still have Uro, but we don't have the sloth anymore. The um, the, the boreal grazer. Yeah, he goes. Yeah. Um, so we've only got three mana ramp spells, right? We don't have gilded goose. So like. Uro. Yeah, we do. We do still. Yeah, have we still have Gilded Goose. Yeah. Oh, we still have Gilded Goose. Okay, yeah, we right. lose. We lose Paradise Druid. Yeah. So some of the the mana fixing, like the uh, uh, elemental, the Leafkin Druid as well. So some of the ramp is is going, but I think the biggest the biggest change is the the mana bases are going to get going to get weird. So there's decks like your adventure decks. They don't lose basically anything other than than their mana other base. Than lands. Yeah. Yep. Which is actually massive. Yeah. You've still got your triomes and then you've got the new uh, dual dual face lands. So, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I think mono red is very, very drastically hit. That's been a pretty similar deck for almost the last two years. It's, it's sort of changed a few cards here and there, but a lot of the really powerful stuff from mono red is going. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be sorely missed. I haven't seen a ton that's replacing it in the, the new set. So... 
you might see a see a bit of a decline in the old mono red for a little while. I, I don't think there's too many people that are upset by that. It'd be nice to play some ladder and not get petty as mono red for even if for a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do us for this show. It has been a long one, and I've now got to edit it all. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Hopefully, you've, uh, you've got something out of this episode. This has been a little bit rambling, but, uh, yeah, pl- plenty to go through. So, yeah, as a reminder, we do have our uh, historic event this weekend, this, this Saturday. So make sure you get onto that if you're uh, not registered already and uh, grab yourself some f- free sweet prizes for that. And then our... October League will be kicking off on the 20th of September, so make sure you are registered. Get in on that, play the league, and get those all-important points for the Magic Beans Invitational that will be later on in the year. If you want to be involved in all the stuff that we do and get into those leagues, the best place to do that is through our Discord, so you can find the link for that in our show notes on, on our Twitter and all that sort of stuff. We do have a merch store if you want to show us some support. You can uh, buy some sweet Magic Beans hoodies and T-shirts and things like that. Again, you'll find the note, uh, the link for that in our show notes. And we would love it if you go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Snap up some sweet daily auctions and let them know that the beans sent you when you get your information from Pat. Uh, you can find us on all the places. Just search for Magic Beans Cast on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. We are there in all those places. Come and find us. Give us a follow everywhere so you know what we're doing and you don't miss any of our content. If you want to find me, I am at Peace Inc. on Twitter. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Stu? At M Stewie. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that will do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next time. Roll the music.